Hi. Hello. I'm Julian. I am Coach Tom. We are Team Binge. We are here for Ted Lasso, Season 3, Episode 11. This episode is called Mom City. Penultimate, baby. Here we go. Penultimate episode means the episode before the finale. This much I've learned in (laughs) podcasting with Tom over the course of what feels like 10 years. Actually, if we'd been podcasting for 10 years, just by attrition, we would be more popular than we are. People would be forced to listen to us because they would have had nothing else 10 years ago. It would have been us, Adam Carolla, and probably NPR. And of those three, we would have ranked third. (laughs) This episode can be summed up in a quote from Ted from a previous episode where he said, Boy... I love meeting people's moms, end quote. The, no, he says, boy, I love meeting people's moms. It's like reading an instructional manual as to why they're nuts. Hmm. And so this episode, we get to meet some moms. Tom, from the top, who is your favorite mom? If you had to choose a mom of any mom other than your mom and my mom, what mom would you choose? (laughs) I mean, my mom is number one. Uh, I liked Ted Lasso's mom. I feel like she was like very heavy handed at the beginning, but. I think she was a good character, and it was a kind of a, a neat little ad. Meeting Jamie's mom, I think her name was Georgie. I mean, it was very short and sweet. They've got a very interesting relationship. I think Jamie's obviously, a, like we've talked about, he's a child of an abusive father, so has a very close relationship with his mom. But overall, fantastic episode, and I, I like what they did here, setting up the finale. Okay, glad to hear it. The question was simply, which mom is the best? <laughs> My favorite mom is the mom that got yelled at at the end and screamed at. It felt very cathartic. Right at home. <laughs> and anyways, let's not de- let's not go there. That's we'll save that for a different session. Um, we open this episode with kind of the typical Ted leaving his flat, walking through, meeting some people. The girl that plays soccer surprisingly did not uh, make an entrance here i thought we were going to see here we do mm-hmm. uh, we do meet the vulgar old man which was fun it's nice to check <laughs> in and see that he's still amongst the living with us on this mortal plane <laughs> and then we find a lady sitting on a bench i'm assuming begging for euros but i could be wrong and it turns <laughs> out to be ted's mom yeah, my question is, this is like that movie or TV show trope. Is she sitting on the bench? Like, how long was she sitting waiting there with a her week. suitcase and luggage? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it seems like a week. It's insane to me that, for one, she did not call, and for two, she'd been there a week without communicating with him. I know these are plot things, but that is absolutely bonkers. Hmm. We're then, speaking of bonkers... The Taste of Athens is where we are, where their baklava is bonkers. Everyone (laughs) says so. Direct quote. And they've got a new employee, and that employee's name is former coach Nathan Shelley. Tom, how'd you feel about this? Really? Like Really? Really? Bold (laughs) move. (laughs) Bold move. Is bold the right word? This was just, I don't know. Like, they've mentioned last episode that Nate needed a job, but the idea of him coming to, like, work with jade is just it was so silly and we've talked about it but everything they're doing with nate is just so incredibly rushed i like where they got i like the stuff with nate and beard at the end of the episode um i'm not entirely against it but yeah this was just it was goofy it was goofy you heard it first tom not totally against forgiveness good to know (laughs) oh forgiving is so hard 
sometimes I hate forgiving. Sometimes I just don't do it. And that's where I'm at in my life. I just like to be mad at people for wronging me. <sighs> no, they treat Nate being the manager of a premier soccer league like he was promoted to manager at, I don't know, your regional stepdad takes you to pizza place on the weekend <laughs> that he has you. Um, I'm going to name a couple. Uncle Sam's, Peter Piper. Um, the pick to pepper one, and then what's the one with the rat that uh, Chuck E. Cheese? Chuck E. Cheese, that's the one. Okay, so it's like he was promoted to Chuck E. Cheese manager before his time. They discovered he was bad. He got fired, and now he's like back amongst the people. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, it was like he was made president for a couple of months, and now he is managing, or I'm sorry, waiting at the Taste <laughs> of Athens. They, yeah, is not even Derek? Right, he's not even Derek. <laughs> Which one would think if Nate was Derek, there'd be more nuts on tables and more <laughs> beer being uh, purchased. So, Fact. I don't know. I just know that I love Jade. She was great in this scene where she mm-hmm. welcomes the teammates and then on cue, like a Milford man, she's neither he- seen nor heard. She <laughs> hides behind the podium whenever he refers to his girlfriend. She could be Batman. She could be Batman, that's true. <laughs> Uh, mid-conversation, you turn, and I hate when he does that. Colin She's Will. Like, Jade is like the opposite of Will. Will is just there in scenes in the background, but Jade can just disappear. Yeah, she's there. You visually see her, and then she's gone. Will, you don't see, and then he's there. That's a good point. <laughs> I hope they don't end up together. I want Jade and Nate <laughs> to live a long, happy life in each other's arms. Cullen, Will, and Isaac show up at the restaurant. They wanted to confirm that Nate is working there, and they all decide as, once again, premier football team leagues do, as a team, they've decided they want their former coach who abandoned them back. Um, I've, got a, I've got a question here. Uh, really? Really? <laughs> Bold move, show. Bold move. The last time that all of these players or all these people have seen him is when they like gave him stink eye coming out of the locker room when they saw him rip up the sign. There has been absolutely nothing from these characters to say they want to bring Nate back. It is just so forced, and I really did not like this bit. Again, I, I get they're having to rush a lot of this this stuff, but this was this was goofy. Well, they cut the scene where the whole team's in the locker room and they all stare into the camera and they're like, we should forgive Nate because forgiving is good. And mm-hmm. they give us a whole after school speech. Like the I only thing we got is like, Will, right? Because like, like Will's the only one that got some sort of like apology letter. So maybe Will showed this to the team and now the team is like, oh, he apologized to Will. So we want him back at Richmond. Like that is the only thing they've this show has shown us. That's fair. That's fair. He did rearrange the kit room and leave him a note so that is what has turned him from bad i don't want to seem like we're down on this show i like you said i enjoyed this episode as well Mm -hmm. but we did for like spinning our wheels for four episodes the last two we're trying to make up a lot of ground i guess we put it in four low really got traction (laughs) and started moving I recently got a truck and a trailer stuck in mud, so that's why my thoughts are on four <laughs> low, four high, and two-wheel drive and what it means to me. Mm. The team voted? They got together and vote. Do you think they used one of the boxes that Net decorated to vote? They shoved it in the mouth <laughs> of, of said box, and that box was uh, unwilling to, anyways, refuse the <laughs> vote. I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
That's what I like to think about. 75 kebabs to go, Tom. 75 kebabs to go. This is my last question of this scene. Really? 75 kebabs? This place wasn't even open like 20 seconds ago, and now they're making 75 kebabs? I mean, wow. Not my favorite scene. (laughs) See, I think you are dismissing the capabilities of the taste of Athens. I mean, the Athens family lives there, so it doesn't take much for them to... Also, you're assuming that all the kebabs are freshly made daily. Something tells me there's some heat lamp kebabbery happening where day-old kebabs... That's why he's got to push the fish or the kebabs because they're about to go bad. Yeah, no, this, I mean, I liked it. Uh, Once again, I look forward to Nate returning to the fold as a sheep does, but I, you know, this was a weird way of doing it a little Mm -hmm. bit. And I felt like the choice of characters, like Isaac and Colin, do we really see their relationship to Nate? Other than I think maybe in like season one, uh, Isaac bullies Nate. But Mm -hmm. other than that, do we have a, a substantial relationship between those two and Nate? No, I don't think so. Just the fact that they've become kind of more major characters this season. And like they had that kind of falling out in the other episode where kind of Colin came out. So I don't know. I guess that's just who they had in the call sheet that day. Oh, interesting. Um, should we explain to people what a call sheet is? Let's yeah, not. look it up. People will be on All it. Right. I think people know. Call sheet is uh, the sheet of paper in which they call. All right, we're at Ted's flat, and his mother is there. She is also a peanut butterer, Mm. uh, which means one that shoves their finger in an open jar of peanut butter. So this is, you know, the classic nature versus nurture question is answered here, where Ted Mm -hmm. has been forced to shove his finger in peanut butter cans for, are they called cans? Jars? They're not made of glass. Plastic uh, jars, is that correct? Mm. Yeah, jar jar peanut butter. That's that's the nomenclature. But I yeah, they're 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 not glass. Who knows what they're called over in uh, England? Mm. She's been there a week, Tom. Mm-hmm. And she's met some friendly Australians. Some friendly Australian <laughs> affectionate is affectionate the right word? Very affectionate Australians. But she was not affectionate. The Australians were affectionate with each other, but not with her. Is Correct. how I how mm-hmm. I interpreted that. The mom decides that she is going to stay with him and tag along. There's like a weird, she's like, oh, no, I don't want to bother you. And he's like, no, you're staying here. Do you want to come to work? I didn't really get this dynamic. Was it just to show that, like, rather than come out and say things, she needs to kind of dance around it until he, like, makes her do what he knows what she wants to do? Does that make sense? Maybe that phrasing yeah. is wrong, but... No, I think you're right, and I think it kind of puts to what she brings up later, that Ted is just like a, he's always wanting to please other people and putting other people in in front of, I guess, his own feelings, so maybe the mom kind of sees this and knows this, wants to tag along, but is not going to come out and ask, so I think it probably plays on both characters' dynamics. Sure. This seemed, once again, I, I tried to read into this, but this seemed like a normal interaction between son and mother, so it did not... Uh, it did not come off as strange to me. It's like there's a level of guilt that you constantly feel and constantly makes you like go out of your way to do things so that you might feel some sort of warmth or love. This is just something I felt. Well, listen, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna Dr. Sharon you, but I know you brought up your mother on this podcast. So did, did any of these scenes strike a nerve? 
No, my I don't think my mom likes peanut butter. Um, <laughs> my mom is also a wonderful lady, even though she will never listen to this. Um, and actually, the other day was like, hey, you should do a podcast. And I was like, well, mom, I got news for you. <laughs> I told you about the one I was doing years ago. Why don't you love me? And then um, she shut the door and left, which is weird because we were at my house. The uh, no, so it didn't strike a nerve with me at all, Tom. I'm pretty pretty well adjusted. Did this strike any nerves with you and your mother? Because she listens to this, so you, well, your mother's lovely. So say nice things. My mother is an avid listener, and she is a saint of a woman. So none of this uh, strikes true. Wonderful. Although I didn't find his mom to be bad, which is kind of... She wasn't. Mm -hmm. In the end, where there's some yelling, I was kind of like, okay, so this is just some built-up stuff. But we'll Mm -hmm. get to it when we get to it. Richmond is having a presser, and now they're just letting anyone do pressers. It's like (laughs) Roy, Jamie, Sam, the trio, uh, three-in-one, the Trinity, I think they call them, (laughs) not from the Matrix. Uh, and we get some expedition here, exposition here of what is going on with the team. Yeah, so they say there's two games left, and they're down four points to Man City. So this just made me think about how this season or, or series, I think, is going to end. I'm wondering if being down specifically four points, sure, they beat Man City later in this episode. So they're still down one point to Man City. So Man City still controls their destiny. I want to... I want to say that, and I'll just make a prediction here, I bet Richmond wins their game in some kind of dramatic fashion, but kind of like how we got, I think it was in the first season, where they thought they were promoted or they thought they were going to win, and then Man City ends up winning their game, so they do lose the title. Because we talked about it before, I don't think the show is going to have this like happy-go-lucky, they win the season and win the title. So the fact that they are still down one point to Man City makes me think that that might happen. Okay. Interesting prediction. It was very specific, too, right? Like saying they're down four points or anything else. And the other thing I'll mention, too, is the last game of the season for all these Premier League teams, they all start at the exact same time. Whereas sometimes, you know, they'll play on the weekends or they'll play in the middle of the week, whatever. But in the last season, our last game of these seasons, they play in the same time. So that way nobody's got a competitive advantage in terms of who's got what points. Right. That makes sense to me. That is a good way of doing it. I know the sport is young, but it really seems like they've figured out a way to play it right. My question to you, is our last game West Ham? I don't know. And I don't, it doesn't matter. Like, West Ham is irrelevant at this point, right? Like, Nate's gone. I mean, you can say Rupert's there, but, I mean, I don't I don't know. And, and I can't remember if they've actually said it in the show. You don't think it's justice if Nate joins Richmond, plays against Rupert in the last game of the season, and they win? That's yeah, not that's fair. some sort okay. of... It doesn't matter. You're right. This has never been about the soccer of it all. But Mm. I do have money on Richmond getting relegated down. Um, (laughs) I that can happen. The odds were long, and that's why I took the bet, because you can only (laughs) win good money on long odds. So I think if they lose by 4,000 goals, they get relegated. (laughs) We find out that Jamie was the player of the month. And I was interested in this weird, like, humble Jamie to the point of being too humble Jamie, Mm -hmm. where he immediately, like, doesn't want to be recognized for this. He's like, I'm just trying to make the rest of the team better. And I love Roy's, like, kind of side eye. And he's (laughs) like, well, 
Actually, he also had the most assists of any <laughs> player, so he is quite literally helping the team. Um, which I thought all this was great. I just didn't know where we were going with Jamie being too humble, and I don't know that I really got there. I mean, I understand what they do with his character, and I love Jamie, mm-hmm. and I love what what the actor does, but uh, I was a little bit confused here. Yeah, I think he mentions like he got a goal. He's like, that goal was a lie. I want to struck from the record and apologize to the kids. Yeah. I don't know why he apologizes yeah. to the children, but I thought it was funny. But I agree, this was this was weird for me. I didn't really understand where this was coming from. I, I get that he probably has some reservations going back to Man City, and I like what they did with the episode, but this just kind of came out of left field, I think, a bit. The show is like, listen, being humble and Jamie's character arc of him becoming humble, super important. Oh, by the way, he's too humble, and now he's worthless to us as a soccer player. <laughs> yeah. So we need him to gain a little bit more arrogance. The show's mm-hmm. like, listen, there's a fine line between humble and arrogant, and we need you people to find it. Also, forgiveness is good. That's what mm-hmm. I got out of this episode. I was like, okay. And what I realized, Tom, is I, being the most humble person of all the people, have been too humble. And so I now will become more arrogant and more prideful in order to weigh out my humility. Perfect. That's what I've always wanted from you. Wonderful. Me too. Rebecca meets Dottie. And this is, I'm just going to say, Rebecca's killing it in the dress she's wearing in this scene. Mm -hmm. Um, Dottie is also killing it in whatever she's wearing in this scene. But mainly (laughs) I would just like to talk about uh, Rebecca meeting Dottie. And Rebecca realizing it's Ted's mom just by some of the phrases she uses. Yeah. I like that too, how we get knowing that it's Ted's mom just by what she says. And I think a lot of people throughout pick up on that because Ted doesn't really introduce her to anybody. But I like the line about like how Ted just popped out nice. And then Ted's response was like, well, that doesn't really make sense. Babies can't talk and don't understand empathy, but. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it was. It was a good moment. And she then is like, I'll show you around the building. And Dottie would really much like to meet Danny Rojas, which yeah, who wouldn't? gives us some, some real gems later on in the episode. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We cut to Dottie in the team locker room. Everyone's having kebabs because they had 75 of them <laughs> and it only took them five minutes to heat up. We find out that Ted stole a car roughly between the ages of 12 and 16 mm-hmm. based on who's telling the story. I don't know if you also caught this, but uh, I think his friend's name is Ronnie. Uh, the gentleman who used to put poop in a Snickers wrapper yes. was a part of this uh, uh, car larceny. What is mm-hmm. it called? Grand Theft Auto? Who knows what it's called? There's a specific term when you steal a car, Tom. Why am I not? Why am I? Car- carcine. You had it. Carcine. Thank you. Anyways, <laughs> it was good to hear about the poop uh, candy bar bandit back in action. 
Mm-hmm. And this ends with Rebecca saying she's going to go see a guy about a horse. And Ted's like, oh, I didn't know women used that term. And no, no, Ted, I'm, I'm buying a horse. Which, listen, Rebecca, as your financial advisor, I'm going to tell you owning a horse is a real money suck. So <laughs> I hope you've been saving. Also, someone in my house was like, is that a real phrase? And it took me a beat to realize she was talking about see a guy about a horse. So then I had to <laughs> explain the whole etymology. That's not the right word. Do you want to do it again on the pod? A guy. No, I don't. Okay. Um, it's, you know, a horse stands for the bathroom and a guy stands for, ooh, how do I say this politely? <laughs> Van, why is Van Dam wearing a face mask, Tom? Well, Van Dam got kicked in the face by Rainy Dohas, so he's still got to wear this face mask to keep his, I guess, uh, nose from breaking even more to the point where it could kill him. But uh, I appreciate that Yacht Moss is like, yes, it makes you look very stupid. <laughs> While smiling and staring <laughs> at him. Now, whew, okay, Van Dam, the actor, Jean-Claude Van Dam, well mm-hmm. known for... You know, being able to drive the old nose bone into the brain and kill someone instantly. I think there's documented history of him doing it constantly mm-hmm. uh, on the mean streets of, I'm going to say, French Canada. And so is that the joke here? Is that he's got to wear a face mask because if his nose gets bumped, he might die because Van Damme, Jean-Claude, that is, well known for killing people with their nose bone. <laughs> I think you're giving it more credit than it probably deserves. Uh, this is a common thing, like especially with goalies that are kind of jumping up. They get hit in the uh, face quite often with guys' heads and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, wearing a mask is just there to kind of protect you. I didn't know it could actually kill you if you didn't want to wear a mask. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty common. You'll see guys wearing face masks. We're not doctors, but that is a urban myth of the you know the bone going to the brain. But mm-hmm. I do know that Jean-Claude Van Damme has done it several times. Yeah, documented um, in uh, real movies. Do- real documented movies. movies. And it's more powerful if you're doing the splits or showing your <laughs> naked buttocks while striking people in the face. That's He's got the best thing. buns in the business. Best buns in the business, according to the Team Binge podcast. <laughs> Put it on the billboard, folks. <laughs> All right. Jamie, at one point they turn to him and you expect him to make fun of the face mask he's like listen it's better to be safe than cool and that's the straw that breaks the roy back because roy (laughs) is like tart and we find out that shouting is roy's love language tom what's your love language we've discussed mine on the podcast what would you say your love language is my love language is. i can give you oh it's whispering it's whispering it's like asmr love language all right, well, I'm not going down this road because it's weird. Um, this is Trent talking to Dottie where he Trent speaks to Roy's love language. And mm-hmm. your love language, just for the record, Tom, is creepy, and I don't like it. So I will not participate Thank you. At all. Thank you. That's what I was going for. Um, did you notice that uh, on the board, all the plays, that like Roy's kind of moving around the little players and kind of, I guess, doing his strategy? all the different uh, names of the plays. I think some of these are a callback from previous seasons when Ted was doing trick plays, but we had Midnight Poutine, Upside Down Taxi, uh, Loki's Toboggan, La Cucaracha, Seven Finger Steve, and Leaky Tap. So I'm really hoping we get some of those in the uh, finale. Oh, the finale should just be trick plays, which would be (laughs) wonderful. 
I did not notice this. You've got an eye for trick plays that I just don't have. But it mm-hmm. wouldn't be a sports show without a trick play every once in a while. We go to the boot room. Roy yells at Jamie, and Jamie starts to weep like no. a sexy baby. <laughs> this was such a great scene. I like when Roy first enters the boot box. He like looks for Will. Uh, but doesn't see him, and then we get the call to Will coming at the end of the end of the scene. Very funny, but man! Like when Jamie busts out into tears, or that little like squeal cry thing at the beginning. I mean, just give Phil Dunster the Emmy. That was so great. Really? Okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it worked comedically. Um, I wouldn't give him an Oscar for drama, but no, I- I'm fine with Phil Dunster getting all of the Emmys. He's doing a great job. His, um, as once again, we're all over the map with Jamie. He references like an old Greek mythology story, but he references it as the Red Bull commercial. (laughs) Jamie's gonna know that story. I mean, he knows everything about Amsterdam, he's doing the research, he's putting in the work, but ultimately, he comes down to he's lost his wings. I didn't. I didn't understand what was happening with Jamie's storyline. I know we have just need to get him to his mom's bosom so that he can be comforted. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I was confused as to why he lost his wings. Do they explain why he wa- lost his wings? Why he lost his wings <laughs> like a sexy baby? Oh, I'm so mad at myself right now. You know the sexy baby line is a callback. That was when they were throwing yeah. the stuff in the fire. He calls himself a sexy baby. Yeah, and no, he gets that believe me. So I've been good. using the phrase ever since that episode, sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Taylor Swift uh, stole it for a lyric in one of her new songs. Oh, <laughs> I love Taylor Swift. But, uh, yeah, I, I with you, it was kind of goofy. Like, I don't... They, they didn't give us anything to like feel like he's losing his funk or he's losing whatever. Like all of this is just a catalyst because he's going back and playing at Man City and hasn't talked to his dad in, in a long time, which we'll get to in later on. But they don't do a fantastic job, I think, setting this up as to why he's feeling like this. Sure. Which I think is probably maybe on purpose, right? And they're just trying to kind of trick us to a point. No, I don't like being tricked and I don't like an hour and 12 episode not being more clear on what it's doing and where it's going. Once again, enjoyed the episode. Just had some questions. What <laughs> really? I really. What I don't have questions about is where Will is during this whole, con- uh, whole conversation because he's not in the boot room. That's where he's mm. not. Yeah, and he's like, a big oh, bummer. He you missed, missed a good, a good one. one. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Jinx, buy me a Coke. Uh, you can't talk the rest of the podcast. All right. Higgins, Tom. Higgins gives news about Nate working in Tooting, and they really like this Tooting town. They keep bringing it up. And I feel like they haven't done this for a while, like the whole like English-American names. thing, and kind of saying how silly that yeah certain things in English are. But I feel like they've done it quite a bit in his last few episodes well in this one she's like sorry yes i'm from sorry sorry mm-hmm. oh i thought you were saying yes we yeah. did it show names are funny uh the thing that is super funny in this scene that i laughed and laughed and laughed was the name of the case of i guess what roy has which is the case of <laughs> none of your effing business which <laughs> i'm gonna use this is almost as good as dwight signing none of your beeswax incorporated on the sign-in sheet at corporate that was uh, my next favorite drink oh there it is 
<laughs> our reference, our token office reference. Did we realize there was as much animosity between Beard and Nate as Beard displays here? I guess he does have the pictures of Nate that he's taking to his axe throwing activity. <laughs> but other yeah, than they gave that- us a little bit. They gave us that from last episode. I think when they he took Henry and Beard to the game, like Beard was very like he had to put on all his Richmond gear and he was very kind of harsh, I think to, to Nate then. So they've, they've applied some, you know, dislike, I guess, but then they really piled on very heavy in this one. Yeah. Which I appreciated the Nate and beard storyline and where, I mean, I almost feel like that's probably the most important part mm-hmm. of the, uh, of the episode. But once again, beard doesn't want Nate back. And we do have a very funny moment where Dottie runs into Beard and she calls mm-hmm. him Weirdo Beardo. Is that what she calls him? <laughs> Is that his nickname? Yeah. Then they start dancing and singing. So like obviously a, a good fun relationship between the two. Right. Who's not going to love Beard? We are somehow back at the reestablished law offices of KJPR. This is a quick scene where Roy visits Keeley. And he's decided he needs help with Jamie, and she's good with the emotional stuff because he mm-hmm. wears a black leather jacket and is always angry all the time, <laughs> so he can't deal with the emotional stuff, even though I think throughout this show it's shown that Roy can handle emotional stuff, and also mm-hmm. he's very good with Phoebe. So, But this brings Keeley into the thruple, which I am now so mad at myself for using that term, but I saw it on the internet, and so it's in my brain, and I can't take it back because this is recording, and there's no way to take something out of a recording. Fact. Not with me doing the editing. That's true. I did appreciate He's like, you look nice. You look nice. He just really wants to. Barb's eating this apple in such a way that, speaking of ASMR, my Mm. love language is the sound of someone eating an apple. (laughs) I like this Barb. I like this more like relaxed, chill Barb. Yeah. Yeah. She was very funny. The other sound I like is the sound of someone eating a banana. That would be the other sound. Mm-hmm. The real crunch of a banana. Is something a frozen banana? Or just a regular No, banana? one that's kind of like several weeks old. I love the mm, crunch okay. of a good old... Like a banana bread ready banana. Yeah. Where the, where the skin is, you know, ripe and black and mm. it just... Real good crunch to it. Okay, good. Good to know. Get Let's, to that for uh, Father's Day. Thank you. <laughs> Hope to be one someday. We go to the pub, and it's Dottie, Ted, and Beard hanging out. Mm-hmm. And Ted just wants to get away from her to play ping ping pong. No, pinball. <laughs> yeah. Ping pong's a different sport entirely. Dottie very kindly asks Beard, "Hey, how's Ted doing?" Mm-hmm. Which has she asked Ted how Ted is doing? Or is this her just kind of feeling it out in terms of whether or not Ted's keeping it together? I think she's trying to feel it out. Yeah, she hasn't like clearly confronted Ted. Right. And we find out Beard's like, Ted's being Ted. And she's like, yep, he's helping everyone out else but himself. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, okay, okay. And while playing pinball, May reads him a poem or recites a poem about mm-hmm. passing our faults on to our kids, which, listen, I love poetry. I love 
uh, poetry of the Lord of the Rings. I did not recognize <laughs> this poem, nor understand it other than the phrase I wrote down, which is we pass on our faults to our kids. Yeah, it was a beautiful little poem, but I think ultimately it just kind of tied into, I guess, how Ted was feeling about his relationship with his mom and then tying it back into his relationship or kind of lack thereof currently with his son. Um, but it's a poem by uh, Philip Larkin, who's an English poet, uh, called This Be the Verse, if you want to look up the whole thing. Oh, are you not going to recite it for us in that sexy whisper voice you were doing earlier? <laughs> I will not. I will not. Okay. The pinball machine is themed, Tom, and that's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is the Wizard of Oz, which is, you know, I think Ted, Ted, once he hears this poem, he sees like the spinning house in Kansas. So I like the Kansas reference and I like the idea of like, his life just kind of spinning and spiraling and he doesn't kind of know what to do with his mom here. I thought it was pretty clever and and well-written. Yeah. I think this is another one of those things where, you know, famously we don't know where Ted is from. It's kind of like the Springfield and the Simpsons. We just don't know what state, you know, they're operating Mm -hmm. in. And so I think this is one of those things where they're kind of, they're, they're foreshadowing that maybe Ted is from Kansas. So um, just one of those little Easter eggs that the show gives us about Ted's background. Yeah, we got one more episode. We'll find out. Hope so. It'll be funny if he's from like New York. <laughs> what a twist. <laughs> Back at Ted's flat, his mother gives him newspaper clippings of, I guess, the local newspaper. Once again, there's no indication of what state or where these newspapers <laughs> are from. They want to keep that in, keep us in the dark there. I like um, the idea, like, yeah, the mom keeping the clippings. That's definitely a mom thing to do. But, of course, the one on, on top is talking about pet, uh, Ted's panic attacks. Right. It's like a negative headline. And he's like, yeah. oh, thank you for keeping these. She informs him that she wasn't planning on going to the Man City game. They play the whole thing of, hey, you should come. And she's like, no, I don't want to be a bother. Hey, you should come. No, I don't want to be the bother. And he's like, take my bed. And she's like, no, I don't want to be a bother. All of this just normal conversations that sons and mothers have. I did not have any issue with it. And then she asks him, hey, are you still having those episodes? And he said, yes, they used to be 30 minutes long. But now, because we have free reign, they are over an hour. And nobody's complaining about them, I think is what he said. Or maybe he said something like, they're called panic attack moms, and they happen when an episode of TV is longer than an hour, and you have to (laughs) podcast about it. We're having a great time. We're having a great time. (laughs) He then informs her that he's seeing a therapist. And is this where he asks, did you ever think about seeing someone? I think so. And I think she says, like, right when Ted says seeing a therapist, uh, she kind of turns turns away and says, oh, let me guess. It's all my fault. Which, you know, she kind of says jokingly and kind of like dismisses the idea of therapy. But this is exactly kind of, I think, probably why Ted's in therapy. Like, losing his father and his mother not really expressing, like, the emotion and care with Ted that he needed growing up. You know, it's, it kind of is her fault to a point. But again, I don't think she's... She's not mean. She's not malicious. She was doing the best she can in this situation. But it just kind of, I like how they kind of brought this in because it ties so well to the to the end speech we get with with Ted and and Dottie. Sure. And then I think Ted screams, "It's because of you, Mom!" And then he runs up the stairs and slams his bedroom door. Is that <laughs> is that a scene from the show there. or my life? Yes, I think it's our lives. She says something about she's like, "I won't do therapy." 
And then she makes a tea reference, which I found surprising because I thought the Lasso family was anti-tea. Yeah, apparently not Lasso family, just dead. Because she says, yeah, it's not her cup of tea. And she does love tea. So there you go. So the, Ted's deep-rooted hatred of tea stems from his mother. So as his Ooh, therapist maybe. from, you know, I haven't gotten my doctorate yet, but I have watched television shows. The hatred of tea is definitely the mother's fault. So she was, maybe she should be his therapist because it sounds like she's got it all figured out. No? Yeah, this is why I don't even wear t-shirts. Oh man, that was a pun that Ted would have been proud of. (laughs) Richmond, everyone gets on the bus. Uh, Apparently because of the environment, Rebecca's not allowed to use her private jet, which I find sad. Everyone should be able, everyone with a jet should be able to use it whenever they want. They should take them into space for all I care. Jamie, they've got like the crowd out behind the ropes and Jamie gives a head high five, very sadly. <laughs> Once again, it's just mopey Jamie walking around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he's like trying to get the, there's that one couple trying to take a selfie and he takes their camera to get a better picture, but just takes it of them. I feel like that'd be a cool picture though. A picture of you taken by a famous person. I mean... Tom, I've got news for you. We can go through my camera roll on my phone. I'll tell you all the famous people that took the pictures. <laughs> There's no proof, but you just don't have to trust me. Uh, Kevin Costner took all of the photos from our last vacation. Wow, that's cool. Yep, we were nowhere near uh, the Dutton Ranch in Yellowstone. Speaking of the Dutton Ranch in Yellowstone, we're at the Taste of Athens, and Derek, the manager, is talking with some customers and like, do you know who this is? Pointing at Nate Shelley, and Nate is clearly embarrassed and definitely has fallen solo due to drugs, Tom? I mean, definitely, but but which ones? <laughs> that guy was super curious. He's like, he was willing to take the fall. Uh, in order to try whatever drugs were. I guess if they're powerful enough drugs to really make you topple, then they're probably the good stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Sorry, Tom. I think that's why, this is why uh, Rebecca's getting a horse, just so she can get horse tranquilizers. Oh, interesting, interesting. They say that's a gateway, that's a gateway drug, horse tranquilizers. <laughs> to whale tranquilizers? Yes, yes, that's, uh, <laughs> yep, and then the thing they got Godzilla with. <laughs> Kaiju tranquilizers? That guy, yeah, that guy Godzilla got addicted to. I should say, Um, until King Kong hosted an intervention and they got him off the flaming dragon stuff. So, (laughs) Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Manchester City, we have a conversation with Jamie and Keeley. And he's immediately like, Roy told you, didn't he? Because Keeley's trying to help mm-hmm. out. She's just asking him mm-hmm. some questions. And she diagnoses this without him giving much, right? Because she's like, listen, this is going to be the first time you're playing at Man City since you left and since the fallout with your dad. You know, he's going to be in the stands. 
but it's going to be okay. And there's a joke about... People are about- talking about your hair. <laughs> and it's not looking any good. They're saying, what? I love that line. Give them the Emmy. Yeah. But yeah, like she, she clearly does not do anything to kind of help. I don't think she really thought it through about what she was going to do and say to comfort Jamie. She was just kind of going in there to have a conversation. And I like when she comes back to the movie night here and just talks to Roy. Yeah, I made it a lot worse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, I I appreciated this conversation mainly because it had, it had not occurred to me that this is the first time he was going to be back playing mm-hmm. in his, you know, against Pep, against Man City. Uh, and that his dad would be here. So I did appreciate this reminding us of that situation. Agreed. And I appreciated Team Movie Night, not Team Pillow Fight Night, but Team Mm -hmm. Movie Night, (laughs) where they showed us Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, and I had to turn to the person I was with and ask, what movie is that? And it was either You've Got Mail or sleepless in seattle right those would have been the two but it was you got mail from nora efron was later confirmed by correct because yeah i think yeah ted makes a thing saying he likes sleepless better tom what's your favorite nora efron movie out of all of the nora efron movies that you know and love what is your favorite one if you had to choose i mean it's kind of hard to choose just one um i mean probably bewitched okay i'm sorry bewitched with will ferrell (laughs) and babushka from that uh show where she runs the wellness clinic oh the lady that greets me in the movie theater where she's like oh magic happens here nicole Nicole kidman Kidman. we got there yes that's your favorite favorite. Nora efron yes when i googled Nora efron that was the first one i saw okay that movie is famously bad (laughs) <laughs> but I appreciate your honesty. Um, my what favorite, is yours? Uh, the Prince of Egypt, probably. Um, <laughs> is that what? Rojas is <laughs> wonderful moment here where Danny Rojas turns. There is something about Danny Rojas smiling and being happy that is just absolutely contagious. He turns mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, Keely and Roy sitting next to e- each other, just like old times. That was mm-hmm. just... The glee and the absolute joy coming from Rojas was absolutely wonderful. I appreciate it. Yeah, this that. is like, I feel like the first bit of them like laying very heavy that, oh, they're back together kind of a thing. And then Keely and Roy like kind of pushing apart here. Because I, I, I definitely think this this episode's giving us plenty of clues, especially at the very end when Roy confronts Keely about this wanting to be more than friends, that I don't think they're they're going to end up together in the show. You don't think they're going to end up together? No. No, and I'll, I mean, I guess I'll get to it as we get to it. But like when, when everybody starts crying at the end of the movie here, um, it's kind of panning. You see Sam looking back at Rebecca. So kind of like, again, I don't know what they're going to do there. I don't think either of them really need each other. I think they were great together when they were, but I don't think there's not been enough development outside of just the show kind of playing and showing us they had a relationship for them to end together. But like at the very end, you see Roy crying and sobbing at this movie just like everybody else is but then you have keely on his shoulder falling asleep so like she's not like into it i think it's kind of a a slight little gesture of them kind of not being on the same page and you know i think that's just the first of of many little moments interesting okay okay i don't like it but i understand where you're coming from Mm -hmm. Uh, and i'm not saying you're wrong i'm just saying i don't like it because i want keely and roy to end up together so 
I guess what I'm saying is I will be emotionally devastated if they do not end up together. And I will okay. weep like Jamie did in this episode. <laughs> I will weep like a wee sexy baby. <sighs> Jamie sneaks out after the movie, even though curfew's at 10. Naughty, naughty, sexy baby Jamie sneaks <laughs> out. And Roy and Keeley follow, as one does when they're in a fluffy pink jacket down the streets of <laughs> London. Um, Roy just strolls. Keeley's moving between... Uh, cover of cars and darkness, which once again makes sense because of the way she's dressed. But Roy's an <laughs> urban camouflage. <laughs> Fact. What is the song that plays during this? I did not appreciate it. I'm going to be on record. It took me out of the episode. I was like, what is. I don't know. It was strange. I looked it up. It's Why Can't I Touch It by the Buzzcocks. I think I'm uh, allowed to say that. What? Tom? <laughs> Tom? Tom? <laughs> I have told one. you. So many times, we are a family podcast. You cannot say, why can't I touch it by the Buzzcocks? That is not allowed. We will get letters. We will get letters. This will be the one episode that my mother listens to, and I will get a strongly worded, handwritten letter left on my doorstep. Listen, I'm just reporting what the Googles told me. I... I, I don't know what what took you out of it. Was it just like the tone of the oh, song? Oh, the guy's like, voice. It was kind of like I rocky don't know. And, it was yeah. it was just a, it was just a strange song. Typically, like anything Bill Lawrence related, the music hits well. This song, mm-hmm. I was like, what is going on here? So in the end, I'm just not a fan of Buzzcocks. That's what it comes mm-hmm. down to. You uh, always have been a big a big Buzzcock. Put it on the billboard. Not a fan. Not a fan. Speaking of things, I'm not a fan of Tom. I'm not a fan of Dementors, all right? (laughs) And this tunnel was the exact same place where Harry and Dudley got attacked by Dementors. Tell me I'm wrong. I thought Dementors were going to attack Roy and Keeley. I, dude, I had the exact same thought. I thought all the lights were going to go out and then Jamie was going to like appear behind them as a Dementor, like with his arms raised or something. But yeah, same thought. But I do like how they do film this where they go through the tunnel, he kind of comes back and they do kind of the scary movie kind of like tropey thing where like the loud noise, it was good. Right, right. Instead of Dementors, there's just prison Mike and Jamie. And Jamie's (laughs) like, why are you following me? And he's like, all right, come on. I'll show you where I grew up. And so we run into some mean little kids, as one does. They uh, taunt Tart about farts while throwing darts through the hoop. (laughs) Um, That's what the, I guess, English newspaper title will be about these kids uh, making fun of Jamie Tart. I feel like this is just a thing in like sports. You're just supposed to like hate the other guy. Like I didn't, I didn't really love how Roy just then looks at these kids and says, "Good lads." I thought he was gonna like chastise them or something because I mean they were not obviously being very kind to him. There's no decency in the world, Tom. There's also a war <laughs> on Christmas. So listen, it's not surprising that these youths are out there screaming profanities. I think what it I comes think, though, down to is just a lack of parenting. And mm. a lack of good old-fashioned American patriotism. <laughs> For these little English kids? For these little English kids. That's exactly right, Tom. I think, I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll talk about it later, but I feel like they threw this scene to kind of help talk about how the fans for Manchester City react. I think that's kind of the purpose of this. Right. This is a foreshadowing of what Jamie can expect in the stadium. Mm-hmm. 
Well, which, not even that, but like kind of like the turn of of the fans. I think when when Jamie's ultimately being subbed out, but but we'll talk about it when we get there. Okay, okay. We meet Jamie's mom. <laughs> And Roy says something here. Um, Roy says something like, it's essentially like, oh, hello. Like, it's it's very much like, oh, you're attractive. I don't know. There's just a beat where the way Roy delivers it, I found very funny. And I didn't, I was like, did I imagine how he said that? But then when they leave and he goes in for the hug. Uh, I was like, okay, yes, I see what Roy's doing here. So, is this Roy getting back at JB for saying his sister was fit? I don't know. I mean, there's some correlation <laughs> there, but I don't know. It was very, very, very funny. Um, what is less funny is the closeness between Jamie and his mom and the stroking of the hair. And I love when they're on the couch and Roy's just staring at what's happening. And he's like, this grown man is being, I guess, cuddled by his mother. Mm-hmm. I like Jamie's reached- talking about Jamie's talking about his hair. He's like uh, yeah, a guy on Twitter. He called my hair blonde. It's not blonde. It's walnut mist. Walnut mist. <laughs> walnut mist sounds gross, by the way. <laughs> If Walnut Mist was a sports drink, I would say, no thank you. I will not be slamming a bottle of Walnut Mist after a hard day on the court. You know, (laughs) batting a thousand. The stepdad's super nice. He's got some sort of weird obsession with the British Bake Off, which I don't know if I would have caught, but my wife kept bringing up how much he was engrossed with the British Bake Off. Mm -hmm. Um, He had timers set for baking things. I'm a... I'm a, you'll know when it's baked by the smell that's emanating from the oven. I burn a lot of things, but. Ooh, um, you should go and nailed it. <laughs> I would be terrible at any of those shows. Exactly. Nate and Jade have a conversation. I believe this is them in their kitchen where mm-hmm. Nate is like working on restaurant strategy. He is focused on restaurant wars or bar rescue. I don't know what he's ha- what's happening here, but to Jade's point, he's like a he's like a he's a, uh, not a statistician. He's a strategery man, as Bush mm-hmm. would say. And so, um, like, he was born to be a coach. And he's mm-hmm. talking about peanuts and drinks and why he does it. And she's like, "Listen, you." you should not be working at the restaurant anymore. I like Jade. Mm-hmm. I like what Jade's trying to do for Nate. Yeah, Jade Jade is great. Nate is silly. <laughs> Jade is great. Nate is silly. That's what <laughs> they're going right. to chant in the, in the stadium. Back at the Tart house, uh, Jamie has a conversation with his mom about, have you heard from dad? And she does not care for her ex-husband uh, in the slightest. She had some choice words. She did have some choice words, which we shan't repeat here. Mm-hmm. But we find out that Jamie's motivation has just been like hating his father and getting back at him. And he describes how his soul feels. And he <laughs> describes to his mother that his soul cannot get an erection. And <laughs> this is like the nicest way of me saying this on a podcast for kids. I did not understand what he was trying to get here. I know they tried to be funny, but in the end, I was like, I don't understand. Is his soul typically erect? I didn't understand this. 
like lack of passion? What was this, Tom? Explain to me the erection of it all. <laughs> I don't think he used the exact word erection. It was like just the idea of, uh, he, I think he feels he's like not able to perform or he's not able to like be his normal self. Um, I'm kind of with you. I felt like what they're doing with Jamie, like making him super, like not super smart, but making him smarter this season and then kind of dumbing it back down to like season one, Jamie, where he's just kind of saying silly things for the comedy bit. I feel like this would have been a little bit more impactful if they took this a little bit more, more serious in this conversation. Cause like once he kind of mentions his soul, it's like, yeah, okay, this guy is like clearly like struggling to deal with his emotions and, and what he needs to do kind of next to deal with his father's relationship. So I would have probably parsed back this joke a bit. Right. No, I know they don't use the term erection. I'm I'm trying to. He makes a comment about, you know, when a person is not able to perform mm-hmm. um, in that intimate environment. And Listen, then he's a he sexual says, being, man. Uh, he's a sexy little baby. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> let's not dwell on this. I'm going soft on the whole idea. So let's move on. <laughs> Uh, speaking of which, we're in Jamie's childhood room, and man, can I make an erection of the soul joke when talking about Roy and Keeley's posters? I feel like I'm gonna have to cut all this out. Am I allowed to say erection? Sure, it's a, it's a natural thing. Ugh, all right, it's what they do to buildings, kids. Yeah. Anyways, there's a Roy and Keeley poster, and... I mean, did Jamie speak this relationship into existence or do the soccer balls and Roy's hair, are they the reason that this all turned out the way that it did? It is kind of funny, right? Like kind of the manifestation of this is his Jamie's childhood. Yeah, exactly. He gets to be like best friends or a th- part of a throuple with this uh, smoking hot model that I guess he looked up to. But like I, the, the looked Roy up poster... to is an interesting term, Tom. Good for you. <laughs> Well, literally, it was it was a little bit higher on the wall. Um, but, like, Roy's poster makes sense, right? Because he idolized him. He's an older soccer player. I, the Keeley's poster doesn't. Like, that is Keeley from five years ago. So I don't, I don't know if I understand that one quite as much. Okay. I didn't question it. Of all the things in this episode, I didn't question anything but what is <laughs> happening with Roy's hair in that poster. So great. That poster was phenomenal. Absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. And it is an accurate uh, throwback Chelsea jersey with the old school logo and Fly Emirates uh, sponsor. Got it. Got it. And I'm assuming that is an old picture of uh, Brett Goldstein from back in the day. They just took it out of his bedroom. Fact. Jamie's mom is very proud of Jamie. She talks about watching him take the field for uh, the English. And she's like, listen, you don't have anything to prove to your father. Uh, you're my sexy little baby. And you're <laughs> like, oh, okay. So that's where it comes from. And everything made sense. This is then where we have the conversation between Roy and Keeley, and Roy wants to be more than friends. Mm-hmm. Which, as grown-ups, is the phrase, I want to be more than friends, still something a grown-up can say without being laughed at? Is that, or did you find this a little bit juvenile? I think it was juvenile, but I think it was fine. It didn't didn't take me out. But, I mean, cl- clearly here in the scene, Keely doesn't, right? Like, she's getting ready to say, like, no. Like, I, I love you as a friend. And, like, they even do that little thing where, like, hey, buddy, hey, chief. And they're, like, hitting each other on the arm kind of thing. Like, I don't think Keely is there. I think this kind of one-night stand kind of thing that they had where Roy came down in, in her pink uh, 
robe. Robe, yeah. I, I feel like that's kind of what it was. Like they both need each other at the moment, but I don't think Keely is there and, and wants this relationship right now. I, I don't... I, I like the idea... We, we talked about this again or, or before, but I like the idea of Keely getting back with Jamie because of Jamie's change and arc and everything, but they didn't really give us... I don't. Well, I don't know. Maybe they did give us enough of... Keely still having like feelings for for Jamie. Jamie expressed his love like the end of last season. J- Jamie goes up to Keely and says, "Hey, I love you." Still, so like it's still there, and maybe it's still in the back of Keely's mind. I, I don't, I don't know. I want Roy and Keely, but I don't feel like they've laid the groundwork for Jamie and Keely. So if I can't have it, I think they should just cut the sweet, sweet sexy baby in half and no one should get it so i think they should all end up single tom i'll go back to my question about the juvenile nature of the question or someone saying i want to be more than friends because Mm -hmm. if you'll recall i at one point said to you i would like to be more than friends and you looked at me and said you mean podcast pals and that (laughs) is how this all started. A misinterpretation of my expression of feelings to you. And mm-hmm. now, 800 episodes later, this is where we landed. Yeah, back in that uh, airport bathroom. Who? It's a deep See, I don't, for a long I time don't know if that's going to hit, because I think we edited that joke out. Um, I don't think we did. Ooh, okay. We can uh, remove it. We can remove it. Buyer, no, 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 I'm keeping it. Uh, people can go rediscover whether or not that joke was in our first episode. All right, good deep cut. Roy goes to hug Jamie's mom. I laughed so hard. I found this so funny because <laughs> Keely has to pull him back, and it was great. I, I thought it was, it was weird. Funny. I I didn't like. Laugh. I just thought it was kind of weird and out of character. I didn't. I didn't get like Roy's obsession here with Jamie's mom, but. Well, Tom, I'm going to tell you, Jamie's mom's very attractive, um, <laughs> has a little bit of a Miss Bowen vibe, if I might say so Ooh, myself. Wow, and that's a pretty high bar. if you watch the way Roy greets her, he's like, oh, hello. And mm. then at this point, he goes in for a hug. <laughs> and Keely has to pull him back. Listen, I thought it was, I thought it was very funny. I laughed <laughs> and laughed. I didn't think it was weird at all. I mean, would I have done it? No. But for Roy to do it, very funny. And Jamie <laughs> did call his sister fit, so tat for tat, I guess is the <laughs> phrase. Hi, everyone. This is Tom. We went long on this pod, so we decided to break it up into two parts. This is the end of part one. Check out part two, available soon.